Summertime is heating up at Global Voice Broadcasting. Hot music, hot talk, and hot topics. All day, every day, 24-7. You don't want to miss a minute on Global Voice Broadcasting. My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Exercise. Sexercise and pleasure are birthrights and all can be so mighty empowering. But what if working out isn't exactly your cup of tea or a physical disability or injury makes sex challenging or painful? We are going to explore these topics and more today here on Girl Boner Radio. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm so thrilled to be here recording live in L.A. to chat with fabulous experts we can all learn so much from. First on the line, we have Natalie Dale. Natalie is the founder of Style PB, an online store for women's stylish sportswear. Natalie's goal is to encourage women to exercise and feel good while doing it, which I love. A qualified yoga teacher and all-around exercise lover, Natalie spends her days in leggings and loves the positive effect exercise can have on women. A feminist who is dedicated to encouraging as many women and girls to participate in sport as possible and to raise awareness of women's rights. Thank you so much for joining me, Natalie. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Delighted to speak to you, August. I would love to first hear a bit about your journey to this passion. What kind of led you to become so enthused about empowering girls and women through exercise? Um, I've always kind of, even from the age of three, kind of really been into exercise. So I used to do ballet and loads of dancing and then got into running and netball and just I've always moved and just love the kind of the endorphins and the feeling that it had on me, but also was really aware that women weren't represented in sport. And, you know, a lot of girls maybe at school didn't want to do it because they were embarrassed. And I just kind of always had this issue around it. And the more exercise I did, I kind of also started to notice the effect that sportswear was having, you know, making sure that you felt good in what you were wearing, that it performed for you. And I just felt that there was this massive gap in the market where women needed to be catered for you know like so you could go out and you could exercise and you could feel good and you could do sport and I just feel it was so important I love that and is that what style pb is all about is that the the mission so that people can feel good in what they're wearing it is yeah the whole idea was that I um I kind of felt that there just wasn't enough nice sportswear out there that maybe it you know, I, my idea was it was being designed for men and they would take a men's t-shirt and they would shrink it and they would turn it pink. And then they would just say, Oh, here's the women's version. And I just felt really frustrated. And I found that there's got to be, you know, some independent sportswear brands out there who are designing solely for women and thinking, you know, what do women want to wear? What will women need whilst they're running or they're doing yoga or, and that was kind of the whole ethos of style PB was finding all of these brands the women would feel good in and then hopefully that would encourage women to exercise more and to move more and it would become part of their everyday life. 
I love it. And it is so important, as you said, to feel good while while you're doing it. There's nothing worse than an uncomfortable sports bra when you're exercising, yes. I have to say. <laughs> and it's it's been hard for me to, to find, you know, the, the ones that I actually enjoy. So kudos for that work. I love it. I know you really encourage pelvic floor strength, which I think is really valuable and something that not a lot of people know about. So could you share why is that so important? Yeah, definitely. It was something I came across in my um, yoga teacher training. And I think maybe a lot of teachers over here will say in Pilates classes or yoga classes, you know, engage your pelvic floor, but then they won't go on to explain what it is. So you see a load of women in the class that are just kind of frowning and trying to, you know, know which muscles to squeeze. And I just think it's so important because you go to the gym, you work out your whole body, you know, you do your biceps and your triceps, and then you forget all the muscles internally and your pelvic floor as a woman plays such a massive part in kind of everything. So, you know, if childbirth, in your core strength, you know, as you get older and you go through the menopause, maybe you suffer with incontinence, like it's such a big muscle and it's so easy to forget that it's there. Um, and it's really important and it's it's easy to, to work out, it can be as quick as five minutes as long as you know what you're doing. Um, but I just feel like it's it's also a little bit of taboo that people don't want to talk about it. But I think it's getting better now. And I think it's really important that people do talk about it and, and use it, use the muscle. Absolutely. So for anybody who's listening at home, is there a simple exercise or two that they can try to strengthen the pelvic floor? Yeah, definitely. So the easiest one to do is when you're sat on the toilet and you're literally just going for a wee is just to stop kind of midway through. And the muscles that you're having to use to stop the wee, that's your pelvic floor muscles. So once you know what it feels like, you can then do that anytime, just kind of engage those muscles. That's the easiest thing you can do. Um, Otherwise, there's LV, which is the pelvic floor toner that I took on. Um, which you insert inside yourself and then it links to your phone so it gives you real time it tells you what your pelvic floor is doing and you play games with it so that you can see how your pelvic floor is starting to tone and to strengthen and so it gives you the really good feedback that you need wow that is really fascinating i've never heard of that i'm going to check that out um so i've heard you you mentioned you learned about this in yoga is yoga something in general that you recommend for pelvic floor strength and also for for women in general i mean yoga is amazing i think maybe even pilates is probably better for your pelvic floor but it's definitely something in yoga that you you should be aware of um In yoga, there's a lot of talk about your internal organs and, you know, being aware when you're moving of kind of how you can use your whole body. So the thing with yoga is you're not just kind of moving and it's just senseless. It's trying to engage every muscle in your body when you're moving and really connecting with the body. I mean, I think yoga is is amazing for everyone, but especially for women because of the the stress relief it can bring and the meditation and the strength and the toning and just like the mind space. I think it's just one of those all round things that everyone benefits from. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I love about it is that it kind of automatically doesn't focus as much on aesthetics. And I feel like there's so much pressure on, especially girls and women in in sports and in athletics so much, as you mentioned, even with the clothing that it can be more about yeah. what it looks like. And I know, you know, in in dance and in running, a lot of times there's so much focus on 
weight control. And I know we have a lot of listeners who struggle in the area of body image. So how can we shift from, let's say somebody wants to be healthy, but they've maybe been focused more on um, trying to change their body versus embrace it? I think that's such a good point, and it's something I feel really passionate about. For me, exercise, you know, for women is all about feeling good within yourself. Um, and really, from a pure kind of point of view of making yourself stronger and making yourself healthy. And I just think that your body is a gift. And, you know, if you have the ability to use it, you should do, but you should use it to make yourself feel better. I mean, weight loss or weight gain should really be the last thing on your mind. Like if you've got two legs and arms and you can move around and you can get out and you can go for a run and it's going to make you feel better, then just do it. It doesn't matter, you know, if you lose a pound or if you don't. Like I just, I think it's hard. It's definitely something you as women encounter in this industry and I think it's the way we talk to girls and the message that we give to them should be you know do sport practice exercise you know just do it to make yourself feel good don't kind of worry about what's going to happen or how you're going to look or anything um so I think it's all about the message that we have to try and to give out to women and I think that has to it has to change Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you're right. And it starts within ourselves, you know, when we can become good role models and, you know, doing that work is, is really difficult, but making it a goal, I think is is so, so important. I know that pelvic health and pelvic strength can help sexually for sure. What are some of the other girl boner perks of exercise? What can we look forward to as far as our sexuality as we get in better shape? Definitely. I mean, I think one of the things for me is, you know, I love to go running and I always notice you go running, you know, you come back, you feel amazing. And that's because the endorphins, you know, your body has released the endorphins and it's got the blood pumping around your body. So the circulation's improved. And when you release endorphins, you know, it relieves stress, it improves your libido. So your sex life's going to improve because your body's kind of pumped in a sense. And I think for women, that's amazing. I think for for women, you know, maybe a barrier to having a good sex life can often be that you're stressed, you've got stuff on your mind, maybe your your confidence is low. And so exercising can really help because it gives you confidence within yourself, but then it's also giving you the endorphins. So you just start to feel generally better. And something like yoga as well is incredible because I think it's it's a real form of self-acceptance. So you learn to really accept the body that you have, you learn to work with your limits so maybe you can only stretch so far but that to me is you know how far your body wants to stretch so I think that as well as an acceptance of your body and who you are can be amazing for confidence in the bedroom for women because there's so much pressure on women to look a certain way to perform a certain way and I think exercise can really kind of bring that back and say you know this is your body this is who you are this is what you can do and that's amazing and if that then makes you feel better in the bedroom and helps you as a woman. And I think, you know, exercise can really do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned relaxation because, you know, stress and anxiety are huge reasons that, you know, that stand between us and, and sexual pleasure and, and really stop things. And you mentioned working with your own body in yoga and uh, I'm still very novice in yoga, but one of the things I've been so impressed by is, 
is that. You know, there are so many people in this class that I attend. There are women who are like 70, 80 years old and they can like whip into pretzels and I'm falling over and fumbling all over the place. And But I don't feel insecure about that because it's this really welcoming atmosphere and the teacher is always saying, you know, we're, like you said, if you can reach this far, then reach, you know, you reach that far. And I like that parallel between that and your yourself in general, your self-esteem and all of that. Has your own sense of self changed through yoga? Definitely. I mean, I think I had a, a real journey when I was in India and I was doing my teacher training just down to you know, every day you're out there and you're really listening to your body and you kind of come back to nature and just your self-confidence grows because you you start to listen to your body. And I think one of the simplest things is just breathing, you know, and so many people can kind of live life and you'll just say, have you ever just stopped and just thought about your breath? Like literally just stopped and taken one breath and kind of gone, wow, this is amazing. You know, this is my body and every single day without even asking it to, it just breathes for you and it just does everything and I just think yoga really kind of brings everything back to the basics you know we live in such a crazy world nowadays with social media and everything there's so many messages out there and it's so easy to just get kind of so consumed that yoga just has this power to bring you back to yourself and I think you learn and that's why they call it a practice because you are constantly learning with yoga and I think your self-confidence does improve because you become to better know your body and then you become you know more confident and you feel happier within yourself and you're so happy with the fact that you're just alive and you're breathing and like you learn to exactly you know maybe you can't stretch into some amazing dancer pose but it doesn't matter it you know and that's I think that's an amazing thing with yoga so yeah it can really help self-confidence beautiful what about I know there are listeners who are perhaps chiming in right now and, and wondering you know I just really don't enjoy whether it's yoga or they've tried running and it just they can't seem to kind of get into a flow where it is enjoyable for them what tips would you have for somebody who is not exercising who would like to start and really actually have a, a pleasurable experience? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I think you've got to find your passion with exercise. I think I'm extremely lucky. I always say to my friends, like, I cannot wait to get my trainers on or I cannot wait to go out for a run or to go to the gym. And I know I'm, you know, a bit of a rarity, but I think you have to find your thing. So maybe you don't like going to the gym or you don't like going for a run, but maybe you like to dance. So maybe go to a salsa class or you know, maybe you just like walking. So get yourself out and go for a beautiful walk in the countryside. But I think it can just be a case of give everything a try. Or maybe you like team sports. So maybe you like the idea of being with other people. So maybe go and, you know, join a netball team and stuff. You've got to do something that you enjoy. Because if you hate going to the gym, there is no point. And there's not even any benefit to it because you will go and you might get stronger, but then you're going to be miserable. So what's the mm -hmm. point? So you have to find something that you enjoy doing. So just keep trying every different exercise. It could be Tai Chi, it could be yoga, Pilates, netball, you know, whatever it is, just keep going until you find what you like doing and then do that. Great advice. And I love that you mentioned outdoors because, you know, I think as a former gym rat, anyone who has been felt like they had to go to the gym – and, you know, yeah. not of, out of a pleasurable place, but out of I need to kind of like, quote, fix myself, that mindset. I think, you know, 
there's it's easy to fall into this. I need to like see calories burning on a little chart <laughs> or a little <laughs> counter in order for it to count or something. And it is so freeing. I love hiking now, and it's so freeing to to be out in nature and to not think so much in terms of the numbers. You know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, I live in London, I live on the canal and I constantly just try and get out and go for a run and, you know, not take your phone and just, just get out there and let your feet move and be by the fresh air. And, you know, you see so much and you're right, you connect to nature and you just come back and you feel better. And yeah, you don't need something telling you burn, you know, a certain number of calories, because again, what does it matter? As long as you come back and you feel better and you've moved, that's the most important thing. So if you don't enjoy the gym, just, yeah, get outside. It's, I just think it's amazing to get outside and, again, be one with nature. Beautiful. I love that so much. Tell us again where we can learn more about you and your work. Uh, yep. So I run Style PB, which is just stylepb.com. Um, so people can find out there. There's a blog. Um, and then we're on Instagram and Facebook and all the usual social media handles. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining me, Natalie. Thank you for having me. What a wonderful guest. I'm so stoked about her message, and I hope you all are finding fun ways to move and groove in any kind of way, in every kind of way, in the bedroom, outside of the bedroom. I think enjoyment is so, so important. And of course, all of that really does help our girl boners, anything we can do to live fuller, more aroused, and pleasurable lives. It's really, really important. Speaking of pelvic health and sexy exercise, I received a brilliant question for Dr. Megan this week from listener Justine. Justine wrote this, a couple of years ago, I was in a motorcycle accident and broke my pelvis. Ever since, I I experience some pain there when I have sex. Is there anything I can do to make it more comfortable? I'm so glad you wrote in, Justine. Here is what Dr. Megan had to say. Justine, thanks so much for asking this question, uh, not only on behalf of yourself, but about so many women who have uh, pelvic pain. I think it's an often uh, not covered sort of topic, and it's actually fairly common. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, and there's so many different reasons uh, for pelvic pain. And again, the injury and the motorcycle accident make sure is certainly clear, but it is actually one of the most common medical problems amongst women. Actually, 25% of women um, who do have chronic pelvic pain can spend as much as two to three days in bed each month. And more than half of those women must sort of cut down on their uh, daily activities one or more days a month and 90% have pain with sex. So it's a incredibly common and that those who have pelvic pain, certainly it impacts overall quality of life and intimacy. And I think the, this data is from the International Public Pain Society, and certainly that's one of the uh, references I would give you because they have some amazing patient handouts, both in English and Spanish. Um, but I also used to work at uh, Beth Israel in the pain medicine and palliative care department. And so uh, the other data that's there and is certainly consistent with my experience is that almost half of the women who have chronic pelvic pain also are feeling sad or depressed some of the time. Um, and they don't sort of cite there, but it's also true the role of anxiety. Because I think, unfortunately, once you're anticipating that with sex you're going to have pain, that it's kind of, you know, we don't desire that which is uncomfortable or painful. And so um, one of the things is really getting your head in the right space. And um, it definitely sounds like uh, it's something that 
uh, you sort of said some pain. Fortunately, it's not excruciating. But, uh, you know, I think the first and foremost thing to recognize is that, you know, if you're anticipating pain, most of us tighten our muscles, you know, in your thighs, in your pelvis, in your buttocks. Um, and that tension and that constricted energy um, in and of itself may be contributing to pain. So taking really deep breaths and relaxing and focusing on, you know, the pleasurable aspects of your experience. And when and if, I always say this to my clients, if, if something's uncomfortable, you know, I call that like the yellow light, you know, stay there, you know, take time. Certainly enough arousal and foreplay is incredibly important and potentially also uh, lubrication if you don't have a lot of natural body lubrication. But when and if it's ever painful, that's like, you know, a big red stop sign and to stop because listen, there's so many ways to give pleasure, um, hands, mouth, you know, external clitoral stimulation, ways to have orgasm. So when and if you're, you know, it's one of those perhaps days of those uh, months that you're particularly uncomfortable or feeling pain, you know, it's really sort of communicating that to your partner and sort of taking penetration perhaps on those days. Um, again, specifically if it's painful versus uncomfortable, off the table. Um, and I think another important distinction here is the role of, you know, chronic versus acute pain. You know, this sounds very much sort of in uh, recovery post this accident. And again, I'm not the MD, I'm a PhD, but check with your doctor and even a pelvic floor uh, specialist in particular, because the biggest thing you want to know is the difference between chronic and acute pain is that chronic pain is kind of a noxious, you know, it's a, it's a uh, stimulus, but you're not causing harm, right? If something's more acute, you really want to rule out that you're not causing harm because in and of itself, that helps you to sort of relax and be in the moment. Um, and Another sort of referral that I would, uh, a recommendation, because I think she's amazing, is Amy Stein. Um, she's not only a pelvic floor specialist who here in Manhattan has Beyond Basics uh, Therapy, um, she's written an amazing book called Healing Pelvic Pain. Um, and this is a great book and resource uh, because it talks about uh, stretching and relaxation exercises and toning. Um, because again, unfortunately, when we feel pain, we often are um, maybe guarding and sort of protecting a part of our body, and that can be lead to referred pain um, most often in sort of your legs or your back. So, I think the most important thing I say is uh, definitely reach out to the experts. Make sure you've been seen by a pelvic floor therapist. Um, knowing that you might be uncomfortable, but you're not causing harm. And again, then think about all the beyond the stretching and the toning and, and specifics you can do in that area. Um, from an arousal side, again, pillows, uh, you know, wedges, things that support or tilt your pelvis um, in certain positions certainly change the angle of penetration. And that, I think, is important to explore as well as certainly the role of having sufficient lubrication. Um, so, you know, this is a huge topic. It's an important topic. I'm really glad to raise awareness around it and help other women like yourself recognize, listen, we should never suffer in silence around discomfort or pain. Um, there are absolutely amazing resources available. And so, again, definitely check out the Healing Pelvic Pain by Amy Stein, uh, as well as the International Pelvic Pain Society for, and looking at their handouts. Um, and... As always, keep us posted because, you know, I'm here to support you having best and amazing sex. Thanks so much, Dr. Megan. I just love that advice. And Justine, 
I hope it touched you. I hope it helps you. Knowledge is power, right? And it's so important for us to reach out for support when we need it. I love that Megan mentioned you know, those wonderful resources, the book by Amy Stein. I also think it's really important to communicate with your partner. So if you're talking about sex with, with a partner, with different partners, it's really important to be vocal about what's comfortable and what's not, which can be uncomfortable for, for a lot of people if they haven't done it before. But I think it also can really heighten intimacy. And the good partners really want to know what feels good and what doesn't. And they certainly don't want to have you just kind of, quote, unquote, grin and bear it, you know? Um, I think that that happens quite often because we're concerned about a partner's pleasure and we think, well, I'll just, you know, stay with this for a while because he or she is in that moment. Uh, but it's totally okay to to slow things down, to stop things, to shift things around and and to have conversations when you're not actually in the bedroom too, you know, just to just to open that up. I hope that all helped you and I hope that you, as Megan said, will keep us posted. Joining me next is the wonderful Nick Mailer of Dallas Novelty. He launched the adult store in 2003 and has since grown into this mega site, which offers over 13,000 handpicked items and has gleaned a whole bunch of prestigious award nominations. Thank you so much for joining me, Nick. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us on. We really enjoy your show. We've listened to it in the past, so we really like it a lot. Oh, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. I really enjoy your website. I saw there's this wonderful banner out front that says, uh, sex is for everybody. And there's an image of a person in a wheelchair and in one hand is a sex toy and the other wrist has some kinky handcuffs on it. And I just think it's such a, an empowering and important message. Would you share why it's important for you to emphasize inclusivity and pleasure for people with disabilities? Yes. Um, the main reason I started is because I, I have a rare muscular skeletal disease that I've had it's a genetic, but no one else in my family has it. It actually turns my muscles to solid bone. So I've lost almost all mobility except for my uh, wrist a little bit, my elbows and my fingers. Everything else is totally fused. So I've always had to come up with solutions and ways to get things done. And I've had uh, other disease ask me. You know, they, they knew I was in the business, so they asked me for ideas and, and maybe tips, tips or tricks that they've used to, you know, attach a vibrator or something like that or make it easier with their limited mobility to use. And then we started getting other customers with other disabilities like spinal cord and and just, you know, diseases that have a sensitivity to really – hard vibration or something, they lose sensitivity in their hands, and so we've tried to help people with that. And then there's also a lot of uh, hands-free devices that we're, we're working on, and there's some out there already, but we're working on some more, so people don't, with the limited mobility, don't have to use their hands to to self-pleasure or, or with the lover. I mean, so that's what we're trying to do is help people out and, and spread the word. That is such important work that you do. I'm, I really admire it. I think it's really, really important. So I know everyone. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I talk to everybody about it. I mean, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of the stores that are out there don't say anything about it because they don't know anything about it. 
That's really unfortunate, isn't it? I think it's it's really sad because so many people can benefit and should benefit. And it's a missing conversation for sure. So do you find yourself doing a lot of kind of sex education in the industry so that people are more aware? Okay. Yeah. And it seems like people have a really personal experience with your company. Tell us how you're a little bit different from some of the other big retailers for sex toys. Um, we're different, like from a lot of different companies out there by every item that's on my website I've personally put on there and we're actually over 19,000 items that have been put on the website now and, and I actually get all the measurements and one of the big important things everybody is looking for right now is what material is your toy made out of um, you know, because silicone is usually the number one sex toy material that people are wanting and they want good quality silicone toys and they don't really want as much of the jelly-type toys that have been around forever. And so we really try to make sure we have good descriptions, um, you know, real measurements on items, because a lot of places don't put real measurements in. And because a lot of people with disabilities sometimes, they don't want a giant, you know, dildo or giant vibrator to play with. They just want a slim toy, and, and sometimes they get products from other companies that are, you know, the measurements are wrong or, or something, and they're just way too big. And so that's what a lot of people and a lot of the women we talk to like the slender toys. So that's, we do a bunch of that. And then we also try to find toys that are powerful, but they don't put your hand to sleep because of the vibrations or, or you know, things like that. I love it. Would you share, I know everyone's specific needs are different and vary, but what are some of the most popular toys for, uh, let's let's start maybe with somebody who has a spinal cord injury. Are there certain toys that are especially um, helpful or popular? Um, yeah, a lot of people, like I said, they, they like patterns that don't, a lot of spinal injuries can't feel their hands, and so Sometimes they they like toys that are, you know, hands-free, like a remote control type of toy. There's a lot of those out there now. Uh, we Vibe and, and New Central and some of these other ones that are pretty powerful, they, they don't have to actually hold on to the toy to use, and they can even have their lover help them use it. And so they don't have to worry about dropping it or, you know, or their, you know their hand release it or something. They just have a remote control to use or their lover can use their remote control. Um, but that's what a lot of people are going towards is something that they don't have to, you know, physically hold. And we're working on some attachments that will allow to make it easier, too, for people with limited mobility to use uh, different kinds of vibrators and stuff that we can attach to it and have it extend and, and different things, and we're working on that. I love that. I love that you're developing so many toys. That's really fantastic. What about for somebody with like arthritis or I guess the hands-free options are good for people with wrist pain? Yeah. Um, some of those people like products that have a suction cup on them. Um, that way they can put it in the shower or in a bathtub or, or wherever they want, really, as long as they're just a smooth, flat surface. And they can do that and that's what a lot of the people are liking, so they don't have to grip something. Um, we also sell a lot of harnesses because it's a lot easier for people to use like a doggy style harness or something like that. And, and also the uh, positioning pillows work great for people that have 
arthritis and they can't in a certain position for a long period of time because of hip pain or knee pain. We sell with the Liberator shapes and, and several other different brands that actually help, you know, hold you in position and you can use um, the slings or, you know, some kind of harness that we have, wrist cuffs. There's even some that help with that. And there's also some leg cuffs that help it, you know, easier penetration, different things like that that make it easier for people with a uh, arthritis problem or or something. And, and sometimes arthritis people don't like vibration because it sends it up through their arms. And they like more like a stainless steel toy or or a glass toy, something that doesn't vibrate. It's curved. Uh, people are really into curved toys because they've heard about the G-spot. So they want to – we sell quite a bit of that stuff more than just straight vibes. That's so interesting. Yeah, I've noticed that too, that they're really, really popular. So there's so many different choices and so many styles of toys and different preferences and experiences and abilities. So what are some tips for somebody who has a disability and who perhaps is getting a a sex toy for the first time? Any tips for choosing one that might be especially fun for them? Yeah, there's a lot of, um, we're working on a section for beginners and especially in our uh, disabled sex toy section, that way people know what is good for beginners. A lot of people start out with, uh, you know, like a bullet vibrator. Those are really good. And we have some remote control bullets. That way they can, you know, put them inside and, and then control the vibrations via remote control versus holding the bullet. Um, a lot of people like the slender toys. Even um, some of the older women that we have, they use the... Uh, dilators that we sell now that are made out of silicone and they even have a uh, a vibrator attachment to it to add to the dilator if they want instead of just having a you know a plain vaginal dilator they can actually get pleasure out of it after they you know worked on it and and lube is another big issue that we have and we're getting a lot more uh, natural lube coming out that are USDA approved from our friends at Liquid and System Joe and some other people that are really good for people with disabilities and that have really sensitive skin because some people have a more sensitive skin. So we want a product that is not going to cause any rashes or anything like that. So we like the, the organic products are really nice. Yeah, I agree. I've actually noticed that I have a better experience with organics as well. There's not, you know, the chemicals if if you have um, if you're prone to itchiness or like you said just having sensitive skin. I think I think the organic lines are are great. That's wonderful. It seems like a very holistic uh place. What's one thing that you wish that the general public understood about people with disabilities as far as sexuality goes? Um the that disabled people have sex. They, they don't, they just don't expect it, I guess. They don't think other people do it. They like it, so that they don't understand that the people with the disability would like it too. I mean, it, I used to get treated a lot different just because I was disabled. I looked different, and people talk louder to me saying I can't hear them or, or something like that. It's pretty much the same thing with sex toys and disability because they, if someone goes into a sex store in a wheelchair, a toy store, and most likely the, the person behind the counter is not going to help them because they don't really know what to say or how to help them. And some of our sex educators have you know, started to train some of the stores on how to help people with disabilities 
you know, even a hearing disability, there's certain companies that are helping them figure out how to talk to people with, you know, that are deaf and, and also, uh, like I said, with the wheelchairs and people with crutches and things like that that might have cerebral uh, MS or something like that or muscular dystrophy that don't look like you see every day, but they still want a sex toy. And that's what a lot of people don't understand, even the the uh even the people with developmental disabilities, you know, they they enjoy orgasms too. So they, and that's a, a big thing that a lot of the stores don't even think about is you know, people that like that. So we try to uh, include everybody, and that's why we we say sex is for everybody on our website because it is for everybody. It's not just for able-bodied people. Absolutely, we are all sexual beings, and I. Again, just really admire and appreciate what you're doing. Tell us where we can all shop and learn more about your store and your wonderful products. Um, you can go to DallasNovelty.com. Um, we have a we're working on adding new stuff all the time for the sex and disability section, and we're also going to start writing some uh, some little mini mini blogs to help with uh, you know this finding new toys and which toys might be better for some other people. So we're really working on that. But DallasNovelty.com, and we're also on Facebook at Dallas Novelty, and also on Twitter and Pinterest. We do a bunch of stuff on there. We always post new products every day so we can keep up with what's out there, and we add stuff every day also onto the website. So we have the latest stuff and the best prices. Awesome. I love it. I'll be sure to share those links as well. And I hope everyone will check them out. Thank you so much for joining me, Nick, and for all the work you do. Thank you very much. I had a great time. Such a fantastic resource. Definitely check out DallasNovelty.com. To learn more about Dr. Megan, visit GreatLifeGreatSex.com. And for more Girl Boner fun, visit AugustMcLaughlin.com or GirlBoner.org. And be sure to sign up for my mailing list. I send out occasional personal notes and some extras, and I promise I won't spam you. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a rating and simple review. Thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.